Blog Talk Radio. So vast, so great, the African embrace, the color of life, universal harmony, the earth supports our conscious effort for sustained humanity, human beings. Human love on a spiritual tip. So vast, so great. The African embrace. Live beyond love beyond your skin. To where you belong.
Yo, take with your tongue, cause you the world of FPL Channel be sad for original nigga Do you send a gun, but when you go with Africana, take keep that For the name that you owe, it's all about Gata girl, so come to me bro You know you know what I'm running, so fuck me the fuck when I load up a drop Only drop, oh! Keep up town, listen, keep up town, this is you be found Racing away all the strife Telling our tales with verbal mail Putting honey on the blade Creating language to persuade Share who we've always been Always a blessing, never a sin We are doo-wop and bebop and hip-hop And we don't stop Since our mother gave birth to everyone on earth So we echo her call And always walk tall we're hip to the world, so we create black pearl. Everyone can wear, everyone can share. We can't live in despair, so we shine everywhere. On and on. On and on. On and on. right we go on and on we'd like to welcome everyone to africa on the move on the 14th day of august 2022 we have a special program today what we're going to do today like always we want to give people their flower when they are living as well as when they make transition because they deserve it a special program for the first half of the program we'll be dealing with a happy birthday to Brother Haki and our beloved one, Brother Fidel Castro. We ask our callers, supporters, and friends who may have had any kind of relationship or who may have impacted them to call and share their flowers in appreciation for Brother Haki and Brother Fidel. So what we're going to do, like we normally don't do, is we're going to directly start our program out. What a happy birthday to Brother Haki, who was born on August the 14th, and Brother Fidel, who was born on August the 13th, 1926. So we've got each one of our participants to call in to share their thoughts and give their tribute to and respect to Brother Haki and Brother Fidel. We actually limit each one of your presentations maybe to two, two to three minutes at the most. So we're going to go straight to our line. We have callers who have been lined up. Our first caller we will take 
We believe we have Brother Lewis Wolf from Covert Action. Brother Lou, we're going to bring you on. Welcome to Africa on the Move. And what is your respects that you'd like to give Brother Haki on his birthday today and Brother Fidel's birthday, which would have been yesterday, August the 13th. If he's living today, he'll be 96 years old. So, Brother Lou, we welcome you in, and we'll turn the mic over to you. I, I really want to say happy, happy, happy birthday to Brother Haki uh, and to the other brother. Um, I'm sorry that he has, been, he has passed. Uh, any, anybody who's related to this great man, Lee Robinson, has got to be a good person. I know that from knowing Lee over the years, many years. And the radio program that he has each week there in Richmond, because I'm in Washington, D.C., so I don't normally hear it. Uh, but you all who get a chance to listen to his program are really very fortunate. It's one of a kind. And I, I follow media, alternative media around the country. Uh the magazine I co-founded in 1978, Covert Action Magazine, uh, is such a pro- such a alternative magazine. We cover the crimes of the CIA and the FBI, and that's a long list. So happy, happy birthday, Haki. Thank you very much. Okay. And anything you want to say in honor of and memory, Brother Fidel Lou? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was speaking to both as well, but he's 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 passed. I understand that. Um, well, uh, I I just know, as I just finished saying, that anybody who relates to Lee Robinson is in the struggle, is really on the march, and I I don't know anything about about him, but I. I believe from Lee that that's, that's what he was always. Um, if you're interested to follow the magazine, you can find us online at covertactionmagazine.com, covertactionmagazine.com. We publish four new major investigative articles each week. And so there we are. Thank you again. Happy birthday to both. Thank you. And thank you, Brother Lou. Going from Brother Lou, we're going to our next caller. We're going to take caller. Your last four numbers are 0673-0673. We again our salute to Brother Hackey and as well as acknowledging Brother Brother Fidel Castro, 96th birthday, if you're living. His birthday was on the 13th. So caller 0673, you can now pay your respects to. Yeah, hold of Africa, Brother Kevlar. And I. I'm glad that first caller mentioned COVID um, action because uh, I was trying to find my my copy before I called in and I couldn't. Um, this one I got it comes from a revolutionary um, daily thoughts, and it's for August the 13th, which has been um, Fidel's birthday. But it fits Fidel, it also fits Hakeem. So I'm gonna read this one. It says. So we stand here on the edge of hell and look out the world and wonder what we're going to do in the face of what we remember. There are a number of us who have broken from weakening Eurocentric models of socialization and this completely anti-African culture, context, and society. There are those of us whose intent is fully African, 
we have gone beyond remission to being healed beyond the likelihood of return to insanity. Ours is an act of understanding the European and anyone else who acts against us are our enemies. It has become impossible for us to recognize ourselves anything other than the workers of our people and fulfillers of our ancestors' vision of African redemption. Our personal sense of being, which molds and is molded by our physical and cultural environments, and that untouchable, inborn spiritual essence, which urges us toward and showers us how to be African selves, are in absolute harmony as irresistible thought and behavior can unwittingly become our generalized norm, so too can African-centered thought and behavior forcibly and consciously adopt in, in an effort to write our alien practices and thinking become our holy way, our whole way. For us, the African has become real in its spiritual, mental, and physical consequences. And to be African is to wholly divest, divest ourselves of every worthless European quality. We have moved beyond the pale of cultural misalignment. We have kept all our appointments, attended all our sessions, and faithfully followed the selfless advice of our ancestral healers. I have rejected those ways and all those qualities that are worthless and maintain African. And, and Brother um, Haki, I wish you many more Earth Days. This is your brother, Akebalon. Thank you, my brother. And continue to move forward. We're going to take caller 4298. Caller 4298, we're going to bring you in, and you can pay your respects to Brother Haki and Brother Fidel. The mic is yours, 4298. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings, Brother Haki. Um, we hope you have many, many wonderful more birthdays. Uh, we know you've been in the struggle. You've been dedicated to the struggle and um, and Pan-Africanism and the unification of Africa and the scientific socialism as your main objective. And, and um, we recognize uh, truth and justice and fair play is necessary um, uh, component of, of your outlook. And so, you know, we wish you all the blessings in the world. We wish wish you all the goodness and great things uh, for you. Uh, on this day, on, uh, yesterday was Fidel's birthday, and, um, of course, his, his, his mark on humanity has already been made, and uh, his, his legacy is, is, is assured. And so... We, then we thank you for having, celebrating another birthday for Fidel. Um, so, Haki, uh, I, I, I look to you uh, for advice in terms of Africa and and uh, and uh, scientific socialism as a struggle for Africa. And uh, anyway, I wish you all the best in the world. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses, and for anyone who listens to the program, you're free to call in and give your thoughts and happy birthday and recognize Brother Aki as well as in remembrance 
of our brother CDL. The number is 323-679-0841. Hit one, and we will acknowledge your last four numbers. Hit one, and we will acknowledge your last four numbers. We go to our next caller, our next presenter. Your last four numbers are 2720. If you belong to an organization, you can talk a little bit about your organization and introduce yourself. So we can go to caller 2720. Welcome to Africa on the Moon. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa, for having me here tonight. Uh, my name is uh, Brother Maurice. I'm a member of, and I'm, I'm an organizer of the PRSP, Pan-African Revolutionary Socialist Party. I'm a worker for the people, and I'm a supporter of AAPRPGC. And I'm just here tonight to give a, to celebrate and to give a contribution um, through this show to Brother Haki for his uh, belated birthday, alongside with um, the great freedom freedom fighter, uh, Fidel Castro, um, August 13th. Um, I just want to give the roses while Brother Hackey is still breathing and while we still here can talk to him and he can talk to us. You know, I'm very thankful for Brother to be in the same city of Brother Hackey, a, uh, a city that is highly oppressed, highly uh, unorganized, and I'm, 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 I, you know, having his presence here in the city of Richmond gave energy and gave inspiration for younger brothers like myself to to pick up the mantle and to continue the struggle and to continue uh, to join an organi- organization and, and to continue to fight. Listening, listening, listening to his commentary throughout the years on Africa on the Move uh, gave me the inspiration and the food I need to continue forward and the motivation forward. So I, I want to say salute to to Brother Haki and 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 I got a second that Brother Moses. Um, I wish, and uh, and and we're gonna celebrate many 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 more birthdays of Brother Haki uh, in this earth. And as for Fidel Castro, his work as we see and know his work lives on today, as we see in Cuba through the people in Cuba, through through the Caribbean. Um, as you see in uh, uh, I'm sorry, Venezuela, uh, you see the relation, uh, I'm sorry, the recent election in Colombia. We gotta, you gotta, you can't think about that election without thinking about Fidel Castro. Uh, Fidel Castro has contributed a great, 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 great support, great work, and great to great um, effort to our struggles in Africa and Africans here all around the world. He gave he he gave asylum and safety and protection to the great sister Sada Shakur and other freedom fighters that uh, is li- living in Cuba that we, we names that we don't speak of. So um, Fidel Castro is is a great. We should celebrate this. We we have um, uh, Black August this month, and Black August is is uh, a celebration of, of of revolutionaries and revolutionary activities. Alongside with the Garvey flag or the RBG, the red, black, and green flag, the Pan-African flag, that was also birthed or, or brought into existence on on August 13th. So this is a revolutionary month, and we got to keep on struggling and keep on organizing and keep on fighting. And um, and as Brother Haki said say on this show daily, uh, as he when he introduces himself. He is for 
the, uh, and I don't want to mess him up. I don't want to mess his saying up, but he always says something on the lines of he is a part of institution building, and um, and that's that's what we got to be about. We got to be about institution institution building among African people, among the masses of people, working class people. We have to build institutions to to, to maintain our survival. Happy birthday, brother Haki. Thank you, brother Maurice, and we will make our next transition. To call your last four numbers are 2335, 2335, Welcome to Africa Remove, and your respects. And tribute to the birthday of Brother Haki Fidel. Call 2335. The mic is yours. Thank you, Brother Lee Robinson, and for the work you're doing in the city. And, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to wish my brother Haki a, a great happy birthday celebration to you. And I'm just so thankful that we can honor and appreciate our own. So thank you for the work you do, and thank you for the concerns you have for trying to bring justice and make people aware of the oppression that so many are suffering during this time. Also, as we think about you, our local brother who's still able to celebrate, we also do want to honor Fidel Castro, a great revolutionary one who never compromised on his principles but stayed true to what it means to be among the people and to work for the people. And we owe a great deal to the way he continued to stand up against the Western powers that continue to oppress and harm the people who need so much. So we want to just say we are so thankful that we have been made aware and our eyes have been opened to the oppression and how empires continue to keep people in bondage, and it's our job to continue to fight for liberation. So thank you, Haki, for being one of those liberators, and thank you so much to our dear departed brother Fidel Castro for the great work that he's done in Cuba. So thank you for this privilege and opportunity, and God bless you in a very special way on this day of celebration. Thank you so much, Lee, and God bless everyone. And thank you, Brother Robert Hunter, for your contribution and thoughts for today's program. We thank you. Next, we're going to move forward to, we're going to bring in, I believe, our sister Eleanor. We'd like to welcome her to Africa on the Move. Sister Eleanor, the mic is yours. Good evening, Brother Africa, and happy birthday to you, Brother Haki. Many more. May you continue to spread your knowledge and joy to the public. And as you said, we've got to unravel the matrix. And uh, uh, your work is, uh, a, is a joy and a wonder and so informative. I want you to keep up the work and have many more birthdays. And as far as Fidel Castro goes, he is uh, a liberator a freedom fighter in Cuba and abroad. And congratulations to the people of Colombia and to uh, Africa on the Move for making sure they, as journalists, were present. And Brother Haki, you always make everyone know that journalism is not a crime. And with that in mind, I want to say congratulations to you um, uh, Sister 
Shakur celebrated also her 74th birthday and is alive and well in Cuba. She's the aunt of the famous rapper. And um, uh, happy birthday also to um, Sister Harriet Tudman, belated, dead, and gone from Cambridge, Maryland. So apparently August is the month of uh, so many revolutionary people's birth. So Brother Haki, keep up the work. Thank you for your work. And God bless you. And many, many more happy, wonderful years and birthdays to you. And you are a true revolutionary fighting for socialism and the unification of Africa and African people. Thank you for your work, and uh, thank you for the work uh, last week covering the um, inauguration in Colombia on August 7th of President Petrolo, Petrolo, uh, P-E-T-R-O, I believe, and uh, Sister Marquez, uh, she is a true environmentalist fighting for Mother Earth. And thank you for covering that event. And just thank you for all your work and all the work that Africa on the Move does. Thank you so much, Brother Aki, and many, many more wonderful years for you and your family. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. And next we'll go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, the mic is yours. Uh, thank you. Uh, Brother Africa, I want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, give honor and praises to Brother Haki for all of his hard work over the years of uh, bringing uh, information and political awareness to our people uh, through uh, the AAPRP and through Africa on the Move and African Awareness Association. Uh, And I, uh, you know, want to thank him for his consistency and his steadfastness in the struggle for our people's liberation. I also want to uh, pay a salute uh, to Fidel Castro on his 96th birthday. Uh, Comrade Fidel Castro is remembered for his commitment to socialist principles and the leadership he provided to the Cuban Revolution for over 50 years. We honor him today for his contributions to humanity and also his steadfastness. And even though he was born among uh, the Cuban bourgeoisie, he committed class suicide and cast his lot among the masses of working and poor people uh, to bring about uh, leadership to the Cuban revolutionary process. And his steadfastness was an inspiration to the masses of Cuban people. And that is why Cuba remains socialist to this day. 
in spite of all the attacks of the imperialists against it. And uh, once again, this is a salute uh, to Brother Fidel Castro on the occasion of his 96th birthday. Thank you, Brother Anthony. At this point in time, I'm going to let our listening audience know that throughout the program. If you'd like to call in and give your salute and respect to Brother Haki, if you did, as we honor their birthdays, you can do that. But what we're going to do right now, we're going to now bring in Brother Haki. We're going to let him say a few words on the birthday, his message to our people, and how does he feel today as each year go by? He has a birthday, and how does the years impact him in terms of his thinking, his thoughts, and his actions? So, Brother Haki, this is a special day. We would like to honor you on this day on Africa on the Moon. And what is your message to the people today on your birthday, August the 14th? Brother Haki, the mic is yours. Yeah, well, first of all, Brother Africa, let me just express my thankfulness uh, for the people who called in and expressed, you know, their their support in terms of my birthday. But honestly speaking, if I can be candid, candid for just a while, uh, my thing is that, you know, um, you know, my motivation in terms of doing what I'm doing is um, is is in and um, is, is 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 predicated or based upon, you know, a, a very um, problematic um, history, you know, as a as a as a young man growing up in the society. Well, first and foremost, my parents uh, had to contend with a tremendous amount of oppression in terms of just trying to be able to put food on the table to provide for their family. So being privy to that, of course, it had a it had a major impact on me in terms of you know my perceptions of the world. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things is that you know when, when I when I talk about these things that I talk about on a weekly basis, you know, the reality is that I prefer to actually be work behind the scenes. Uh, but one of the things is that is so key in terms of this movement is that we got to have voices, you know, out front to articulate those issues of which are, are for for many are problematic. And there is no question there is a cost to pay anytime you articulate issues in which the, the system doesn't want you to articulate. And so I understand that. Uh, you know, but I feel that, you know, with, without those voices, then the reality is in terms of the potential, in terms of actual organizing and building, becomes impossible. So someone has to take a stand, even though I would prefer to work behind the scene in terms of this, this whole struggle. Uh, but in any event, uh, you know, barring someone coming forward, you know, uh, to, to pick up the banner in terms of waging the struggle, I have no other recourse but to remain out front in terms of, you know, articulating those issues in which I understand uh, uh, are very problematic for the, for the system at large. I do understand, and I'm not naive. I could spend the time explaining to you a lot of things, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's not my job to articulate the strategies of, of, the, of our adversaries in terms of the kind of things that they do in terms of uh, uh, trying to dissuade people from, you know, political, uh, in-hand political discourse. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, but, of course, you know, my thing is that, you know, the struggle is, the struggle is real. And one of the things I try to convey is that, you know, uh, you know, um, whereas I'm fully aware that the class dimensions in terms of political struggle, I'm also fully clear in terms of the racial dimension in terms of the struggle. So one of the things in terms of being about the struggle, we have to incorporate both. We have to have a fundamental understanding of both. I'm not one to advocate one over the other. I think they're equally important in terms of understanding because if we're going to innovate strategy, uh, perfect strategy in terms of our moving forward, 
we we have to take into consideration both the class analysis and the racial component in terms of in terms of struggle, because if we don't, uh, you know, the system is very very fluid. So if we deal with say only class, then they can elevate the racial aspect in terms of um, fomenting all kind of oppression, not just against African people, but African people, uh, but through people or poor people generally. If we deal on the racial aspect, then of course they can elevate the class dimension, which means that. Uh, you know, they confuse us, you know, in terms of dividing us based upon your class interests. So clearly both are very, very relevant in terms of the struggle. So I encourage people to understand, you know, that uh, don't necessarily see one as being being preferable to the other. They're both equally important in terms of the struggle. And so what I try to do in terms of my understanding of the of, of political struggle is to incorporate both because I think both adequately reflects political reality uh, that, our, that people are confronted with in society on a daily basis. That's one of the things I hope to do. So I certainly hope, and in, 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 in to the extent that I present these commentaries, that people understand that my, my position is not to take one side or the other, but to adequately explain the existence of both. And whether or not I do a good job in terms of adequately explaining you know, both class and race, uh, I, that's up to the individual. But I certainly hope that uh, it comes through in terms of my commentary when I talk about these matters. Uh, so my, my advice to the, to, you know, to the public is, is always the same, you know. Uh, continue to struggle. I think we have to understand that, you know, uh, one of the things when we talk about this whole question in terms of being pragmatic, we have to understand the reality is that because, you know, we're all influenced by history and uh, history doesn't take a break. Uh, so when we talk about, whether we talk about the, the atrocities of the past or we talk about atrocities committed in the Western world currently, uh, one of the things you got to understand is that all of this had a past. This didn't just start. These, these, these injustices started a long, long time ago. And as such, we have to understand the continuity in terms of these transgressions that ever that impact, negative impact on the lives of people in the society. And understanding that, then we have to understand, you know, that we have a moral, if not political, obligation to stand up against them. Like I said before, I do understand that there are repercussions in terms of standing up for that which is right. But we don't have a choice because the history demands that we take a stand and to deal with those issues in which the system doesn't want us to deal with. And I'm also very clear on the point that as we bring these issues to the people on Africa on the move, then we understand the reality is that our time is limited. Of course, we understand that they are trying to find ingenious ways in terms of getting these kind of voices off the air. And so because we're not beholden to corporate interests, uh, we are free to, 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 to create and uh, express analysis or ideas that are antithetical to the interests of the, uh, of, the, of the elite in the society. And so, therefore, as far as they're concerned, they want us off the air. And we understand that. But while we can, we have no other recourse but to continue to provide the information in which others may not feel comfortable disseminating. We disseminate it because it's a necessity in terms of survival of, of people in society, particularly the survival of African and or working and or, or people of color in the society. Uh, so I just encourage people to continue to work, you know, uh, continue to grow, uh, even if you don't don't uh, spread uh, the information that you have access to. At a very minimum, you know on an individual level that was going on because the bottom line is that at some point, that information is going to come into play. It's going to become very, very important in terms of being able to address or even deal with the situations, very treacherous situation uh, politically that we're dealing with in the society. As the society deteriorates, we understand that the problems affiliated with, with the society in decline uh, are devastating. And so we, we cannot de deceive ourselves of thinking that as capitalism declines, that everything's going to be all right. It simply doesn't work that way. And that is the flow of history. 
And so in understanding that, I encourage people to educate yourselves, understand the nature of the beast, struggle with people. And, and this, in terms of this, this fear factor, as I say, you know, fear is not going to deter history from taking its rightful stand. So when we talk about National Defense Authorization Act in terms of its plan, in terms of internment of American citizens, to understand that the people in the of power understand the only way they can have longevity, the only way they perpetuate or the continuation of their power is that they have to they have to kill and or incarcerate large number of people. They understand that, and they do what they got to do based upon their own class interests. We have to develop a class interest which says that we, as working people and working and or poor people, that we have an interest of safeguarding our interest, which is you know safeguarding humanity. And so, therefore, what we do is in, in, is in the direct regard to the upliftment of humanity. Our focus is not to denigrate, putting nobody down, to turn nobody up. It's, that's not the intent of what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is to get people to understand the importance of elevating humanity. But the only way you're going to elevate humanity, you have to actually, you 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 you, you have to participate in terms of organization, in terms of making that demand. Because without that demand, you know, as Freddie Douglas says, the reality is that nothing's going to change. So clearly we got our work cut out for us, and I encourage people, you know, to you know, keep reading, keep growing, ask questions. Even if you don't want to publicly ask questions, ask questions with loved ones or people that you trust or people that you know. Ask questions, you know, do that research. Find out, you know, you know how the system intimately works. And in understanding how the system, system works, then you intimately understand your responsibility morally and politically in terms of taking a stand against it because you understand the sanctity or the importance of humanity. And Brother Africa, of course, I close with that. Brother Africa? Can anybody else hear me?
So don't you where you come from As long as you're a black man You're an African No mind your nationality I've got the identity of an African Cause if you come from Britain And if you come from Ethiopia And if you come from Ethiopia And if you come from Brunswick And if you come from Brooklyn And if you come from Cancer, Gemini, Aries, Virgo, Capricorn, Libra, Pisces just now, so if we happen to um, cut your brother high key, our control board will disconnect it and we have to reconnect. But as you listen to this program, throughout the day, we will continue to talk about express uh, happy birthday to brother high key and Fidel. And we have our sister Empress for the Million Woman Movement in March have just joined us. We're going to bring her in right now where she can give her props to wishing Brother Haki and Fidel, a happy birthday. Welcome, Sister Empress, to Africa on the Move. The mic is yours. Yes, greetings, Brother Africa. Always good to be able to come and share with you and, and the family. And um, welcome back to the to, to the land. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I want to give my uh, best wishes to our brother Haki of course, you know, he, he uh, often is on our program, New Day Resurrection and Liberation, comes on and always gives a powerful, powerful analysis and kind of informational dialogue that always leaves us, uh, you know, with, with a mode of stimulation and definitely of information. And, and of course, again, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Fidel Castro, you know, I, I always tell people it's so important that we recognize the allies who talk about struggle. Uh, it's so important that we, you know, really embrace those who have embraced us 
and, and in this case, of course, Fidel Castro, Cuba, uh, have always shown a not just respect and appreciation, but a commitment to, to African people, to black people here in the U.S. And so, you know, it's important that we make certain that we continue to recognize and to honor uh, those who have shown us that kind of consistency and commitment in our efforts and in our journey to obtain real self-determination, justice, and certainly liberation, and, and perhaps more so today than ever, uh, it's, you know, really, really uh, to our advantage to make certain that we embrace those who, again, have embraced us, and, and now to do so even to a greater extent. So, again, you know, my best wishes to our brother Haki, many, many, many more, uh, and, and, again, uh, ancestor uh, Fidel Castro, you know, the New Woman March extends our much love and appreciation to them both. Okay. We'd like to thank you, Sister Empress, for your words and thoughts as we celebrate the birthday of Brother Hacking and Brother Fidel. Again, we're going to say this is a celebration, and we're going to a quick culture presentation. And when we come back, we're going to make our transition to what's going on in your world and the community. And you can call in at 323-679-0841 and share with us what's going on in your world and the community. When we come right back, that's right. We're in the seat. We're going to take the heat. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. This is Brother Africa and Africa on the move. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck because that's your birthday. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bug. Mama, I got what you need. If you need to fill a bar. I'm in the having sex. I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. You're in the getting rough. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bug. Mama, I got what you need. If you need to fill a bar. I'm in the having sex. I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. When I pull up out front, you see the Benz on dub. Uh-huh. When I roll 20 deep, it's always drama in the club. Yeah. Now that I roll with Dre, everybody show me love. When you select them and them, you get plenty of groupy love. Look, homie, ain't nothing changed. Roll down, G's up. I see exhibit in the cutting, man. Roll them t- up. Roll you watch how I move, you mistake before I play up here. Been hit with a few, but now I don't walk with a limp. In the hood, in the day, they say 50, you hot. Uh-huh. They like me, I want them to love me like they love pop. But I live in New York, Tell you I'm local yeah. The plan is to put the rap game in the trunk So I'm full of focus, man My money on my mind Got a meal out the deal And I'm still in the grind That shorty says she's feeling my staff She's feeling my flow uh-huh. A girl from Woody, they die And they ready to go Come on, yeah Bottle full of bug Mama, I got what you need If you need to fill a bar I'm in the habit I ain't in the making love So come give me a hug If you're in the getting rough You can find me in the club Bottle full of bug Mama, I got what you need If you need to fill a bar I'm in the habit of making love, so come give me a hug, get in the getting rough. My flow, my show brought me the dope, that bought me all my fancy things. My crib, my car, my clothes, my shoes, hooked on me. I done came up and I ain't changing. You should love it, way more than you hate it. Oh, you mad? I cut the 
you be happy I made it. I'm the cat by the bar, toasting to the good life. Moved out the hood, now you tryna pull me back, guys. My junk get the bumpin' in the club, it's on. I'm with my eyes and chicks, so she smiles, she gone. Hit the roof on fire, man. Just let it burn up, just talking about money, homie, I ain't concerned. I'ma tell you what bank for me, cause go ahead, switch the style up. And if they hate them, let them hate them, watch the money pile up. And we can go upside the head with a bottle of blood. Come on, they know where we be. You can find me in the club, bottle full of blood. Mama, I got what you need, if you need to fill the bar. I'm in the habit of it, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, if you're in the getting rough. You can find me in the club. Mama, I got what you need if you need to fill a bar. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug, get in the getting rough. <laughs> don't try to act like you don't know who we be, neither.
the national security papers and different things have been breached. And um, he thinks he's above the law. And uh, he thinks he's some kind of Mussolini or Hitler or something. He's, he's uh, smarter than anything around him and he's in his mind and he's, and he's uh, self-centered and demands a lot of loyalty. So, you know, the government, the democracy is a real thing, uh, just like socialism is a real thing, and and um, and he's a threat to democracy, uh, and we need to be on a be a vigilant and aware of that. Meanwhile, um, it's been a very interesting. Uh, um, I. I had a family reunion. That was my big thing for the last week. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is a problem, and we—he needs—he needs to be uh, fired and 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 put in jail. I'm going to leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. He lives in Africa on the move. We're doing a tribute and honor Brother Haiti and Fidel throughout the program. People may be calling in where they want to pay their respects, and we'll be going back and forth, so we're going to be a little flexible today. We have a caller who's just joined us, 6262. Caller 6262. We're going to welcome you to Africa on the move. You have a mic now. What things you'd like to share with our listening audience calling? Welcome to Africa on the Moon. The mic is yours. Six two six two. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Brother Lee, this is Mel Greet. Smith. I'm. Uh, am I being heard? Okay. Of course you are, my brother. We can hear you loud and clear. All right. Yes, we All can. Right. Good. I have. Uh, I've missed the conversation up to now. But I'm glad to uh, to be able to uh, provide uh, some uh, birthday greetings for Brother Haki, and uh, certainly for the uh, the memory of uh, Comrade Fidel uh, Castro. And I'm glad to see that you're doing that today, and uh, glad to be with you. I'm. Uh, as far as concerns go, the concerns are uh, as uh, as uh, they continue to, to be with the domestic situation and this situation internationally. And uh, really eager to hear uh, your report about the recent inauguration in uh, Colombia, for one thing, and uh, other other matters. Uh, are uh, ongoing. I'm in the midst of preparing something, uh, some writing about uh, uh, profits of Pan-African unity, I'm calling it, and this is about uh, the works of uh, Amilcar Cabral, uh, George Jackson, and uh, the third party, um, Walter Rodney, and uh, these three men's uh, lives and works, I think, represents something that is with us today, continues with us today, and they are 
some representatives, uh, martyrs in fact, but uh, certainly individuals who had a grasp of it early on and did much work and uh, uh, and writing about it. And um, I'm just in the midst of trying to share some some of that again. So that's uh, that's an immediate concern that I'm uh, I'm about. Thank you, Brother Mill. We thank you for your words and inspirations and sharing some of your works and thoughts on this particular day as we honor Brother Haki and Fidel. Uh, anything you would like to express in terms of the legacy of Brother Fidel from your perspective? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, as I, you know, I've told the story often that uh, I came upon uh, a knowledge of Fidel early in my life and in high school uh, in taking out a subscription, uh, a required assignment, uh, a subscription to the newspaper to and uh, the choosing of a story in the newspaper to follow. And uh, the, the story that I picked was a, a Robin Hood type story of people in the in the mountains of uh, Cuba, uh, fighting uh, against the established order. And uh, that was uh, a group of people led by uh, Fidel and uh, and Che and others. And I followed that story through the uh, battles and into the the march into Havana on January 1st, 1959, my senior year in, uh, in high school. And uh, I followed that, and uh, I followed uh, the Cuban Revolution uh, ever since. In all of the, the twists and turns of the, uh, the Western powers and the United States in particular, to uh, to uh, to crush uh, what they thought originally was going to be a, another puppet regime that they could uh, control. But uh, they found out early on that this was not the case with the Cubans. And uh, they turned and uh, launched their uh, attempt to crush the revolution uh, since then. But in Fidel's uh, character and uh, his his determination has come through through the years in uh, his determination to support the... uh, the common man, and as Che uh, phrased it, uh, the, the intent to create the new man, meaning the new man and woman, a new a new way of thinking, a new way of being, uh, to establish a new type of society, as opposed to the uh, imperialist and capitalist, individualist uh, uh, paradigm that uh, prevailed. Uh, for so long and so many centuries and continues to to run run him up but uh his 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 work and words were so uh, uh profound and uh down to earth and uh expansive one of the uh the things that i'm i was I continued to be impressed by was his his speeches. And not only were they, they tended to be 
exceedingly long. Um, you say he was long-winded, to say the least, in his speeches, but he had much to say. And uh, he was not uh, speaking just to, to hear himself speak. He was not long-winded in that respect. He was he was expounding on some of the most important things in our lives and, and uh, the lives of the, you know, the Cuban people, but the lives of all of us worldwide who are uh, in need of some change from this uh, this paradigm that we've been in under you know, this imperialist, racist uh, system. His speeches are are available in Grandma quite quite frequently in the in the archives, and I'm thinking that uh, we should, uh, if we have not done so, make an effort to uh, to to get copies of many of those speeches uh, of Castro's. They are some of the most dynamic and uh, insightful uh, orations uh, anywhere from anyone. Uh, throughout our lifetime, and uh, they certainly speak to the the major issues of our day, and uh, uh, we should have documents of those and should be sharing them around, especially in the face of those who continue to attempt to to try to uh, villainize uh, the Cuban Revolution and and, and Castro in in particular, um, Fidel in particular. Uh, those speeches are, are, speak for themselves in terms of who is on the side of justice, who is on the side of, of humanity at large, who is speaking to the needs of, of the common folk and to the eradication of poverty, the eradication of totalitarian oppression, the eradication of racism. And even though Fidel and the Cuban revolutionaries attempted to eliminate uh, racism immediately upon their victory, their, their, their military victory back in 1959, uh, they set upon eliminating all those symbols of discrimination, racial discrimination in, in Cuba. But that had, those symbols that had been established by you know the, the, the Spaniards and the Americans who had uh, dominated uh, Cuba uh, previously uh, and brought in even an American-style uh, racism and uh, segregation of, of sorts. They attempted to eliminate that, and, and Fidel, according to Kwame Touré, uh, he was Stokely Carmichael at the time, visiting Cuba, and, and, and meeting with Fidel, uh, came away somewhat disappointed in Fidel's understanding of racism, white supremacy. He did not quite grasp the, uh, the, the reality of, uh, of structural uh, uh, racism, white supremacy. He thought that they had eliminated it by eliminating the symbols of discrimination and prejudice. And he, he thought that was it. 
and uh, uh, you know, our, our, our Stokely was not uh, was not pleased with that. But Fidel went on to to learn better and to try to uh, to push to eliminate that uh, that deeper seated white supremacy in the uh, in the Cuban society, which is. Uh, which still remains, much remains there. There are Cubans uh, that I observed uh, on my visit there with you, in fact, uh, several years ago that retained some of that, uh, that white supremacy. And uh, I imagine some of them would, 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 would hold on to it uh, even over their, their love of the revolution. So that work needs to be done, but there are folks who try to, uh, you know, dis- disclaim the revolution, uh, disavow it, or heap disdain on the revolution uh, because there, there continues to be some, some white supremacy among some Cuban people, and uh, uh, that uh, that's something that we can. Uh, fairly easily deal with. I, I, I think even though some of our people have been misguided and have signed a petition a few years ago about uh, you know, the Cuban government and, and the racism in Cuba. But Fidel was always was clear about that as, as, as he got to know, know better about it. Uh, he never uh, tolerated it and, uh, and certainly showed uh, and spoke to the people about uh, Africa being in our blood and uh, of course uh, sending troops to uh, to fight the, against South Africa and uh, all of that was that was done and all that he inspired and encouraged and unrelenting under all of the the pressure of the blockade continuing all of the, the sabotage launched against them, uh, he held fast and uh, is uh, a, a model for the world on how to resist the beast. And uh, he has earned the, uh, the, the hatred of the oppressors. And as such, he, uh, like uh, Du Bois, has uh, earned himself uh, the right enemies. And uh, as a result of his work, we know who is who and we know what is what. So Fidel stands among those at the very core of justice-seeking and right-thinking and right-action. And uh, I can probably say some more, but I think that's uh, that's the gist of it. And that's it. And we'd like to thank you, Brother Mayor, for your thoughts and contribution to today's program. And you can stay on, and we'll come back to you as we continue our discussion on what's going on in your world and the community. Um, just hit one, and we can bring you back on, Brother Mayor. We'll go to our next particular participants, who will talk about what's going on in that world 
and the community. We are bringing Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, welcome to Africa on the Moon. Thank you, Brother Africa. Good evening, fellow panelists, and to our listening audience here and abroad. I just want to say again, uh, best wishes and uh, congratulations to Brother Haki, another birthday, and thank him for all his work. I also, uh, in the last six days, we've seen uh, uh, um, um, exciting and agitating the white supremacists. So I think it's time that Facebook Zuckerberg takes some responsibility for allowing these platforms to continue to exist and acting as if it's his subordinate's responsibilities to address these issues. By doing that, he in fact says that he uh, supports these very issues and um, I uh, I uh, it's an opportunity for us to change because what's happening is that Facebook as a platform is identifying African people and where we are. uh, These white supremacists are supported. They're not suppressed. They're black pop-up ads advertising our churches and other things, letting them know where we are. And we saw this week, with uh, Donald Trump and his rally rousing um, uh, a death uh, in in Ohio, where a white supremacist was attempting to uh, attack uh, a uh, with the FBI or some uh, in that state. So what is really happening is. Instead of Zuckerberg addressing the issue uh, on this platform, uh, he doesn't burden himself in the what, what he now calls the megaverse, telling his subordinates, as I said, to handle the problem. And, and he needs to show true le- leadership and in, sh- in ensuring that the African community are safe from racist violence. And uh, they they can definitely do this by immediately uh, putting an end to paid ads uh, tied to searches for hate groups and just addressing the issue of white supremacy. Um, Facebook routinely takes people off the air, but somehow the white supremacists continue to prevail. And uh, so I'm hoping that Facebook has taken or will take, uh, because so far it's taken zero responsibility for its part in putting black people at risk for racial violence. But that that can stop. And um, I also uh, hope that I follow um, ditto to Brother Moses' comments about uh, Trump and in the last six days, and we hope that uh, uh, the New York Attorney General, as well as the uh, Justice Department, will be able to uh, finally um, bring action against Trump. He's 
he's telling people that it's a civil war and this kind of thing and really inciting violence and continues to do so. Uh, and uh, this is uh, a real threat uh, to humanity. And we also see that uh, uh, the 57th anniversary of voters' rights, and we see that uh, the Supreme Court is uh, has already taken action to uh, restrict voters' rights by passing down a decision that will allow states to continue their gerrymandering and outrageous redistricting that we've seen. But on the good news is that uh, there's going to be some justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, We hope... uh, As everyone may remember, Breonna Taylor uh, in 2020, she was murdered literally in her home with with no action taken by her home state. So the Department of Justice charged four of the officers involved in her murder and uh, with civil rights violations. And uh, that's a, a, a great uh, that's a great thing, uh, demanding accountability from both uh, the Louisville Metropolitan Police Department and uh, any other police department that may have been involved. The Department of Justice, after uh, great pressure from the public, has now taken action and uh, we hope that there will be a positive outcome and justice will be served. That's it for me. Uh, and Jalen Walker sister. also should be alive today, but he was also murdered. So um, murder and mayhem continues against African people in the United States, but the seventh anniversary of the signing of the Civil Rights Bill and the U.S. Supreme Court taking action to further limit and restrict voters' rights. It's time for um, both the executive branch and the Congress to stand up and take action to prevent this. So thank you so much for allowing me to share what's been going on this week in my world. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. And now we're going to go to, to call on 9435. We're going to bring this caller in as he gives his thoughts to our theme today. Happy birthday to Brother Haki and Fidel. The struggles continue. Call on 9435. Welcome to Africa on the Move. The mic is yours. Thank you very much, my brother. Hello to your participants and your audience. I saw your team today, and I just had to call in to wish a happy birthday and happy belated birthday to two of my most favorite people. I think that unquestionably, you have there on the station with you, Brother Haki, who should really be 
a professor somewhere teaching economics, and I'm not sure what he's wasting his time with, but he should be an economic professor. And the way that he helps to bring economic theory to your audience and break it down is very complimentary to the work that the late Fidel Castro has done in breaking down complex uh, theories and complex situations and analysis to the masses of people in Cuba and the world. And so, therefore, I had to call you to thank you very much and to wish them both a happy birthday. And, again, thank you for keeping us informed. Thank you, my brother, for your contribution to today's program. We thank you. I next we'll make a transition to Brother Anthony. We're going to go with Brother Anthony and ask him what's going on in his world and the community. Brother Anthony, the mic is yours. Okay. Uh, this has been a, a, a very eventful period in, uh, in history. Uh, let's see, um, a, pro, a, progr- uh, a, a progressive and uh, a president was uh, inaugurated along with his, uh, his running mate, uh, uh, Vice President uh, Sister Francia Marquez. Uh, the first uh, African vice president of Colombia. And, uh, you know, uh, that's rather significant because in its, uh, in, in its entire 200 years, year history, this is the first time a progressive uh, uh, slate has been elected uh, uh, head of government in Colombia, and uh, and uh, we're starting to see the effects of it already. And uh, the All African People's Revolutionary Party (GC) sent a delegation uh, to Colombia uh, to uh, to participate in the inauguration activities of uh uh president petro and uh vice president marquez uh so it is a rather significant uh during this time period unfortunately uh lightning struck an oil t- uh tank in uh the oil fields of matanzas uh in cuba and uh it's caused uh, a tremendous amount of devastation and loss of life in cuba and uh the blockade that the u.s imposed on cuba has made it more difficult for uh recovery however it is recovering Thanks to help primarily from Mexico and Venezuela. 
and also the efforts of various uh, solidarity organizations around the world that are trying to raise money to send aid to Cuba during this difficult time. And uh, so uh, for those... uh, For those in our audience who might have resources to spare, uh, let's see, there are various organizations such as IFCO and, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Partners uh, for Peace, I think it's called, that are raising funds to send aid to Cuba during this time. Thank you, Brother Anthony, and for our participants today who are still online, we can go back to them and see if they would like to share anything in terms of what may be going on in their world and their community. So we we'll give the call 0673, call 0673. We'll give you the opportunity to share with the listening audience what may be going on in your world and the community. Call 0673. The mic is yours. Yeah, I was just going to follow up with something that Haki said earlier, right, about looking at both sides, kind of create a balance, sort of sense. And he mentioned fear. A lot of times we think about fear, we use it in terms of of um, <clears throat> retreating, retreating. But fear can also be a positive, especially in the case of like Harriet Tubman, and she told, told him the consequences of turning back around, sometimes it's used as not a tool for retreat, but to just pause and, and, and look at the situation before you move forward. Another thing I want to talk about is um, Fidel. And somebody mentioned um, Amakar Cabral. And Amakar Cabral said something about um, us not tasting blood. I, I, I'm, not, that's, I'm not using the exact words he used, right? A lot of us are revolutionary on papers, paper, and really never did taste um, blood or actually have to deal with physical confrontation. And that's what um, Fidel Castro was able to accomplish. And after all those years, it was was over 50, 60 years, something, a little more than that, right, to um, keep Cuba afloat. So we can learn from that. We can learn from, from the contributions of Fidel Castro and, again, to my brother Haki. Uh, we have to pay homage to those warriors in our community where we stand because each one has to do something in their community, what they can do. And I appreciate um, Fidel's contribution on a national scale, and I pre- appreciate Haki's contribution, what he is doing right here where we reside. Carla, and we're going back to Brother Mayor. Two minutes or so, Brother Mayor. Are there any additional things you'd like to share with our listening audience as it relates to you in terms of what's going on in your world and the community? Brother Mayor. Well, yeah, I'm uh, been recently uh, spending a good time looking at some of my brothers and sisters online, some of the work. Uh, and it's being done on uh, sites that, that are intended to, to educate, uh, you know, education for liberation, as it were. 
and I'm finding uh, a great deal of information being provided by some of these uh, folk in their talk sessions, and I want to uh, share with others, and that's what I'm attempting to do even locally is sharing some of these things uh, is one of the the uh, positive outcomes, I guess, of the pandemic and the being uh, home and uh, in place and online in, in uh, teleconferences, webinars, and the like. Some folks have established uh, some standard uh, programs, and uh, one of these uh, people is a, a Jared Ball who has uh, established what is called a uh, Black Power Media in which uh, conversations are are shared with uh, the many guests and on many issues pertaining to the uh, you know the, the black world in particular, and uh, he does a great uh, a great job of uh, providing uh, you know, some historical material and uh, and current material and discussing these issues and and uh, taking issue with uh, even some of the the uh, works, literary and uh, uh, other kinds of uh, expressions of, of uh, an, uh, analyses and the like. And uh, it provides a good uh, source for uh, discussion, debate, argumentation over things that need to be clarified and uh, it's uh, much, much valuable uh, to to engage. Uh, another uh, a similar uh, source is that that's been mounted by uh, Professor Greg Carr and uh, and Karen Hunter, and there there are discussions on on YouTube in class with Carr uh, every Saturday. But they are—they're uh, repeatable because they, they are recorded. These, these uh, sessions are uh, over two, two and a half hours uh, weekly. But out of these sessions, in discussing history, uh, African Africana studies, uh, an Africana framework, which Carr has been very much involved in establishing and working with uh, free schools, uh, African free schools in, in Philadelphia and elsewhere. Uh, Carr himself is based at uh, Howard University. He's on the faculty there, but his work extends far beyond the academic world and the campus. He's uh, very much um, tied into the, the, the recent past history of of Africana studies, and uh, and uh, he does he has programs on on other sites as well. But Carr and, and Hunter have established some uh, membership sites called uh, Narrative and Nubia. Uh, both both titles uh, begin with a K. Narrative K N A R R and uh, Nubia K N U B I A. Uh, and in which they are uh, uh, establishing a, an archive of materials, documentation, um, 
you know, videos, photos, and all kinds of works, um, and engaging in discussions with uh, members who are tuning in from all around the world and gaining knowledge of uh, history, our, our history, and, uh, and in effect, world history. And uh, very valuable. What they're doing is uh, is uh, tremendous in, in terms of effort and competency and uh, perspective. And uh, these are some things that I'm trying to, sh- to share some of their works uh, with uh, local folk and uh, spread, uh, spread this uh, knowledge as part of um, one of my own uh, project emphases, and that's decolonizing our minds. And uh, so that's uh, pretty much what uh, I'm into right now. And uh, in, as part of that, of course, I'm trying to stay engaged with uh, the issues, you know, what is what is going on, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also getting assistance in doing that through these sources, uh, Black Power Media and uh, with uh, Carr and Hunter in class with Carr, and I'm uh, recommending that for, for, for everybody else to check it out and uh, see how valuable it, it is. Right, thank you, my brother. And before we go to hockey, to close out this section, what's going on in your world community, we can go back to 9435, see if this brother has anything that he would like to add to what's going on in his community in the world. 9435, the mic is yours. Okay, I guess. 9435. Any additional thoughts on what's going on in your world community? If not, let's move to Brother Haki. Brother Haki, in closing out this section, what's going on in your world community? Talk to our listening audience. Your thoughts. Yeah, I just want to uh, throw out my uh, condolences to uh, Brother Albert Woodfox. Uh, for people who don't know who he was, uh, he was an individual who spent 44 years in prison, uh, Angola Prison, Louisiana. Uh, all those 44 years, he spent 43 and 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 consolatory confinement, uh, which is the equivalent of being in the bathroom for 43 years. But in any event, uh, the reason he was put into this into this uh, into this consolatory confinement was because you know he was um, he advocated to create he tried to create a Black Panther Party in the, in the, inside the walls of Angola Prison. And the reason why he wanted to to create this this uh, Black Panther Party inside the prison was for a couple of reasons. One was the, num- the amount of racism that existed in that facility. Also, the fact that uh, the Africans would would be responsible for working in cotton fields while making only two pennies an hour. And he wanted to call to attention to the injustices. And he realized the only way to do that uh, was to have organization. And organization, he he learned from the Black Panther Party itself. In terms of its principles of self-determination, self-pride, uh, you know, uh, you know, as part of its uh, ruling, uh, ruling uh, uh, ethos. So, in event, so as a result of, of 
forming, trying to create the Black Panther Party. Uh, it alienated those in positions of power inside Angola prison. Of course, they wanted to get rid of this troublemaker. And so what they did, what happened was there was a prisoner, uh, so excuse me, a, a, a guard who was killed in Angola prison. And uh, so uh, Albert Woodfox, along with Herman Wallace, and, and subsequently a, a, uh, an additional uh, inmate, uh, Robert King, were charged with killing that that. Uh, the thing, prison officials knew he weren't responsible, you know, for the killing of that guard. But the mere fact that he there advocated the creation of a Black Panther Party inside those walls means that he represented an essential threat, uh, you know, to that prison operation. And so, therefore, they had to do something to deal with him. So they put him in concentration confinement for 43 years. So after he got out after 44 years, he died on August 4th uh, of this year. Uh, you know, during the time that, you know, he was out, during the six years that he was out prior to his transition, he continued to work in terms of trying to create organizations and, and just to uh, educate people on the importance in terms of being aware of what's going on in society and how that may impact you. And so, unfortunately, you know, uh, as I alluded to, six years, you know, after his release, he, he, he transitioned, he died. And so I just wanted to point out that, you know, one of the things that we have to understand is that the possibility for change is 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 is, is limitless. Uh, so we often believe, you know, that people go to prison that simply they have no use. But unfortunately, history well, fortunately, history has demonstrated over and over again that a lot of times people go to prison, they come out some of the best individuals, most principled individuals you can imagine. So Albert Woodfox was the epitome of, of principle in terms of after 43 years, you know, of solitary confinement, 44 years total incarceration to come out and still advocate for the rights of, 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 of the poor speaks not only to his sense of principles, uh, but his sense of fairness and his sense of justice. And so, therefore, for that reason alone, Albert Woodfox should be honored in terms of his contributions, you know, to the betterment of society. So, clearly, Albert Woodfox is one of those individuals that will be missed. And uh, certainly, you know, given the fact that, you know, he, you know, he had a certain amount of credibility, in terms of um, in terms of just being you know locked up for long periods of time, the mere fact he had that credibility meant that a lot of people listened to what he had to say. So again, you know, Albert Wolfock definitely would be missed. And I just wanted to point that out because it's important that we acknowledge you know these you know these, uh, these 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 freedom fighters, these people who stand up against the system, who pay an ultimate price, you know, for their willingness to stand up for that which is right. So Albert Wolfock is the epitome of standing up for what is right. And for that alone, we should acknowledge, you know, his existence. And I just want to close with that. Thank you, Brother Haki. And to our listening audience, this is Brother Africa or Africa on the Moon. We're going to make our next transition to the third segment of our program, The Struggle Continues. We're going to talk about some articles that um, I think have a direct impact on our people and the rest of the world. We'd like for you to engage with us as we come back from our revolutionary culture break. This is Africa. On the moon. When I dropped the mic, it hit the floor like Thor. That's right. Can't pick it up no more. Don't even try. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it was. Y'all know what it shall be. Get smart for the shit start. Before it get dark, before they hit you with the pitchfork, better crib walk, crib this walk. is real talk, smoke push, ambush, then we peel off, niggas still running with the wheels off, always looking out for the crisscross, 
I'm a bigger boss than Rick Ross. Always winning, nigga get lost. It's the warlord, bring the voodoo. When I bail through, it's crazy like Bellevue. What they tell you, leave that boy alone, like home alone. Yeah. Fuck a stolen bomb, arrest the president. You got the evidence, that nigga is Russian intelligence. When it rains, it pours. Did you know the new pipe was orange? Boy, you're showing your horns. They trying to replace my halo with thorns. You so basic with your bait sticks. Let's go ape shit in the matrix. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I took back my eyes and all black tonight. That's right, some niggas gotta sacrifice. Not a criminal. No, I'm a seminal. Yeah. I was free once. Now I'm clinical. You so technical. This was Mexico. Now everywhere I go is owned by Mexico. Fuck them. Fuck them and the rest of you. Yeah. I turn a fool to a black hopper. I'm a roll with the aliens. Man, fuck these homo sapiens. They don't really want to make friends. All they want is a Mercedes Benz. All they want is they dividends and decibels. Fuck these citizens. They'll treat us like hooligans. Throw him in, they don't care what school he in. These people don't play fair. It ain't even fair at the state fair. Give a young nigga gray hair. That's why I'm here. Make your ass lay there. You better stay there. Close your fucking eyes like it's daycare. Make myself clear than Shakespeare. I'm here to take money, even fake hair. So desperate is what I'm left with. For the record, you affected. Who you elected is so septic, so full of shit. I can't accept it. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I reside on the west side. I murder with my third eye. Nigga so fly, get a bird's eye. I make them scream bloody murder. Let's meet at the White House. Run in and turn the lights out. Man, they treat it like a trap house. These motherfuckers never take the trash out. They just cash out and mash out. Nigga, take your drugs and pass out. Niggas love to go that fast route. I see you when your black ass get out. Homie, you play too much. Why these devils, they doing way too much. Most of them won't say too much. Why they steady planning? God knows what. That's why I roll with the real ones. Real ones, trying to reach millions. Real ones, trying to make billions. Real ones, dressed like civilians. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Let's buy all the money in the world. I'll probably 
We don't know who set the world on fire, but we know capitalism has something to do with it. But we also know that the masses of the people are going to put it out. We're welcome you back to Africa on the Move, and we're going to deal with the third segment of this program as it relates to the theme tonight, the struggle continues. You know, this question of technology and how it's being used and how it's being used to deny citizens' pri- privacy is very important that we need to keep a close watch at or watch on as it relates to how they were using to further divide and control the people. There are an interesting article you should Google or look up titled DHS Spend Millions of Cell Phones Data to Track Americans and Foreigners Inside. This article printed by the U.S. News is really interesting. It talks about uh, how Department of Homeland Security has paid millions of dollars since 2017 to purchase without warrant cell phone location data from two companies to track the movement of both Americans and foreigners inside of the United States. This goes as far as to talk about they had the capacity of tracking and locating over 15,000 um, cell phones of people and their activity. We'd like to have some discussion on the implication of that and was it something we want to allow the government to continue to do as it relates to the interest of every citizen right to have privacy. So we're going to start off with Brother Anthony. When you read this article, Brother Anthony, what were some of the revealing implications that the public needed to be aware and how can this technology be used against the masses of this pe- of our people and people in general? What is your perspective, Brother Anthony, as you read this article? The mic is yours. Wait. Um DHS is uh, is uh, in effect monitoring uh, the traffic of uh, people throughout the U.S. Uh, whether they're U.S. citizens or not, without uh, without any sort of search warrant, and this is dangerous because. Uh, it raises privacy concerns, and uh, and it ra- and then people should be concerned about how this information is being used, and uh, and it could be used to deter people from organizing resistance to the oppression that's going on around them. And uh, that's uh, that's a concern. And uh, uh, let's see. And where possible, this type of monitoring should be prevented because uh, there's no warrant for it, and uh, it uh, it uh, 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 amounts to. Uh, 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 unusual seizure and uh, seizure uh, of uh, of uh, you know property and uh, whereabouts in terms of uh, you know what the police do uh, with your uh, monitoring information. It, it, you know it's none of their business unless they have a valid warrant to search you and to track your whereabouts. 
So uh, those are some of the concerns that came into mind when I was reading this article. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Brother Ike, give me uh, your assessment when you read this article, which should be some of the concerns that the public should be aware of, particularly particularly when it seeks a contract from the DHS uh, company, Ventel, says that in an email published by the ACLU, that it automatically compiles, processes, validates over 15 billion daily location singles from 250 million mobile devices with that kind of capacity to um, track movement and monitor folks with high key without some of the dangers that you perceive from this type of um, collection of data or information. Yeah, you know, you know, when it was, you know, certainly one of the ironies, brother Africa, when we talk about tracking the you know, movement of, of people, uh, one of the things is, is is ironic because you know they couldn't simply use Google uh, tracking location system to do this exact same thing. So the mere fact that the Department of Homeland Security went to these two intelligence these two uh, two in, uh, tech, tech tech agencies to develop their own software to spy on people speaks to the conscious desire to, devi- to violate people's constitutional rights. Now, of course, we understand, Brother Africa, and the reality is that when we talk about constitutional rights, those things are all of the past. Uh, the bottom line is that we have no constitutional rights. In fact, one of the things Brother Anthony alluded to when we talk about constitutional protections against unreasonable searches, uh, there is no reasonable expectation of privacy anymore in society. Uh, courts are very clear on that point. So this notion that somehow we have a right against unreasonable searches uh, because Constitution mandate that uh, is no longer legit as far as the government is concerned. So that speaks to the growing fascism in the society. But, you know, Brother Africa recently, he, right here in Richmond, there was a situation where a young brother, um, a young 27-year-old brother was alleged to have robbed a bank in Richmond. Now, here's the problem. Um, you know, now, aside from the fact that we talked about no protections against unreasonable searches, but the problem is that, you know, this brother was con- was convicted, uh, but there was no forensic evidence to put to to put him at the scene. The, so despite the lack of forensic evidence, he was convicted on circumstantial in, inf, information which says that he was there. In all probability, he was there. It's not it's not a solid criteria in terms of you know you know uh, finding someone guilty of a crime. So the mere fact that you can simply use this technology in terms of establishing your presence at a particular place speaks to the kind of abuse uh, that takes place with respect to technology. And this is what we've got to be very concerned about. You know, we got to be very concerned about. If you happen to be in a situation and you get caught up in these, um, for lack of a better term, these dragnets, where they, they're, they're prevailing, they're, 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 um, uh, the technology is searching the uh, particular space, you happen to be there, and you happen to resemble someone else, you could very well find yourself in prison for something that you didn't do simply because you got caught up in this dragnet. So that's the real danger that we're faced with in terms of this kind, this kind of, this kind of population. But more importantly, I think, brother Africa, you know, one of the things is that. So when you talk about this kind of application, this kind of technology, which simply uh, for information as to your whereabouts, you got to be understand that what it, what it's doing is 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 creating some some um, some. Uh, uh, some idea in terms of the kind of places you like to frequent. So if you actually, let's say, go to like to go to political movies, uh, movies that uh, uh, have a political theme, 
then they could very easily conclude that by virtue of going to these political movies that somehow your views are somehow, quote-unquote, radical. And this is very, very scary. So they paint a picture, a broad picture in terms of who you are based upon this technology. But equally as scary, though, Brother Africa, I think in the context of America, when you start talking about, you know, the National Defense Authorization Act, you talk about this, this, this desire in terms of talking to individuals and picking up individuals from, for mass you know, for mass internment under guys they constitute a threat to the to the government. We got to understand that when you create a profile by using the technology of people based upon where they visit, who they visit, where they go, when they go, by this by creating this profile, they can justify targeting people, picking them up, people to throw into in mass internments. So this is very very scary stuff. So I think people have to fundamentally understand that you know, you know. You know, uh, you know, we have to stand up in terms of taking a stand in terms uh, against this against this insanity because it's clearly it's all insane, and uh, the repercussions are very, 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 very ominous, and, and, and that's not the way to put it. And finally, let me just say this, Brother Africa. One thing also we have to establish, you know, when we talk about the origin of the Department of Homeland Security, we understand that the Homeland Security was created after 9/11, 9/11, 2001, right? So-called bombing of the World Trade Centers. Interestingly enough, the attacks allegedly were carried out by foreigners, particularly uh, uh, Saudi Arabians. And the question becomes, if these attacks occurred by Saudi Arabians, why would the U.S. government turn around and target U.S. citizens domestically? And you ask the question, so what is, it, what, what is co- correlation, what is connection between foreigners committing, quote-unquote, uh, uh, a, 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 a bombing of a building uh, to surveillance of citizens domestically? What is the correlation? What is the connection? I think fundamentally we have to understand that when we talk about the decline of capitalism, and I made this point before, we have to begin to understand that we all represent an existential threat to the system at, at large. People in positions of power, the elite understands that the possibility of decent wages, the possibility of empl- decent employment, the possibility of affordable housing, the possibility of quality education, the possibility, uh, 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 possibility of, uh, of feeding your family. They understand all of these things are increasingly become more and more problematic for more and more of the population, which means they, co- they constitute an existential threat to the government at large. So when the government under the National Defense Organization Act says that, listen, at some point we may have to intern these people, this technology just affords them the opportunity to identify people they quote-unquote perceive as a reasonable threat to the system, and which means it makes it easier for them to just go around and pick people up at will. So we get in front of them to understand that you know, this technology is, is, is not only pernicious and very, very dangerous, but understand that given the context of where we are in terms of history, we got to understand that you know, we have to take a stand to the, to the extent that we can take a stand to articulate or to fight for changes in terms of the kind of, uh, kind of rules that govern the society. Because without some type of acknowledgement that something is fundamental around society, we call Blanche give power to people to those at least to carry out these these kind of these kind of policies to utilize this kind of technology for the sole purpose of surveying the population. So that in itself is very, very dangerous. Okay, moving from Brother Ike to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, what did you take from this article? DHS spend millions on cell phone data to track Americans and foreigners inside. You'll take Eleanor. Well, Brother Africa, there's obviously a a lack of privacy laws in this country. 
and this dragnet location location of information that does not appear to uh, according to the article, to have any way of distinguishing between an undocumented immigrant crossing the border and an American citizen living in a border town, uh, it puts all of us at risk. And it's uh, dangerous and unreasonable. And I concur with uh, Brother Ike's comments. Uh, it 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 shows how uh, federal laws, uh, enforcement, and immigration agencies, whether it's the the border patrol or ICE or Homeland Security, uh, how these uh, agencies in the U.S. are avoiding sensitive location history of millions of Americans inside the U.S. And they're really, um, uh, we need laws to protect our privacy. And uh, it makes us all vulnerable to being tracked by some government agency or government employee at random. Because you have to remember, when these people go to work and they have these clearances, they're able to look up anybody and anything and I think this is a, a, a major civil rights violation, um, and it shows how the imperialists and working with the government continue to exploit the masses. And it, it, as the article says, it's very easy to track, and Brother Haiki said, it's very easy at a point to track individuals because we're, 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 we are creatures of habit. Second class people tend to stay within their community. They're not flying abroad this week and uh, not having those kind of experiences. So um, it's very easy, the article said, to figure out the identities of um, individuals just based on where they go and spend their time. And we're all vulnerable to being tracked by some government agency. And uh, this kind of uh, big brother technology and this kind of uh, security, quote, security is not security. It's a lack of security, a lack of protection. That's what this is. And uh, I think that the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Organization, and their privacy project for uh, – and you, uh, Brother Africa and Africa on the Move, for bringing this article to the public. Uh, make it public, the public aware of this. Uh, and Bentail and Babel Street are two companies we know to avoid in terms of cell phone service or anything else. And it's amazing that we have to go through the Freedom of Information Act to get information 
and 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 these government agencies are spending our money and private companies are in cahoots selling this kind of personal data real real problematic for freedom and privacy thank you sister Noah brother Moses does this article raise any kind of concerns for you what do you take with this article brother Moses well, this article is very definitely shows that we live in a in a totalitarian type situation uh, where the government is trying to intervene in everyday personal lives and uh, uh, trying to track us and and uh, control our behavior. Ultimately, uh, I think you know it, it is something to be concerned about. Um, the, Department of Homeland Security and uh, these agencies are are not accountable to anybody that I know of. Uh, there, there's there's no there's no way we can control control their behavior. Yeah, they try to control ours, uh, and that's a problem. Uh, it's 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 a real uh, problem uh, that I don't know. I don't know what we can do, or what 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 kind of movement, or what we need to do in order to to stop it. Or if, if, if without short of stopping the government itself, um, maybe that's that's the good news and the bad news. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses, and continuing, Dennis whole issue of the struggle continues and looking at issues and problems that are affecting this society and the rest of the world for that sake. Yes, we found it was very interesting, I think, when they said follow the money. The whole thing is all about the money. It has nothing to do with the truth and effectiveness of things. I think in terms of that regard, one needs to take a look at this particular article that was came out of Bloomberg on June 29, 2022, which is very interesting. It titles Pfizer and BioNTech to get $3.2 billion from U.S. in covert vaccine deal. I think in a nutshell, it's, it's big money in this game of what we call vaccination, dealing with this vaccine, this covert vaccine. And because motivation is all about money, when money becomes the motivation to, to, to function, to do everything well, what we have to begin to look at was or not if they saying what they saying they are doing and it causes the reason for certain things if it is true. There seemed to be an inbuilt motivation to create scenarios where, you know, this is will be something like ongoing an ongoing money making scheme of constantly getting billions out of the people. Brother Hockey you side us up on this one. I think looking at this article, it seems to me that money is driving all of this uh, activity in this field and this so-called lack of clarity as relates to this issue of the COVID vaccine. We're talking about one company getting over $3.2 billion, and that may not even be sufficient according to the numbers to uh, inoculate those who they claim need it. Brother Hackey, when you read this article, clearly this money is money, it's a money-making machine. When you have a money-making machine, many times the truth is not really told. 
your response to this article, Brother Aki? Uh, Brother Africa, I think you I think you're absolutely correct. I think money plays a big part in terms of, you know, what's going on. And you're right. The mere fact that you're talking about 195 million doses when, in fact, you need something like 300 million doses sufficient to cover the population to suggest that there's something fundamentally going wrong, going to, something fundamentally wrong, in terms of you know this large this large amount of money you know for these for these vaccines, uh, clearly, Brother Africa, you know one of the things is that you know um, you know uh, the deal with these vaccines where they talk about you know uh, doses for children, infants, and, and adults. Uh, then they talk about the fact that it may include some shots for Omicron, and it got, that got me thinking. Because my understanding was that the Omicron mutation of COVID-19 constitutes the biggest threat in American society. So this article is saying that that's not the case. So I'm thoroughly confused. But with respect to the whole money question, Brother Africa, you're absolutely correct. You know, one of the things is that, you know, when you talk about the, the, the stock uh, stock prices, uh, you know, both Pfizer stock prices increased 0.6% while BioNTech uh, stock prices increased 1.4%. Uh, so again, when we talk about the monetization of you know the public public health sector, and we talk about in other words, monetization, its ability to make money uh, you know out of anything. So when we talk about viruses sweeping the nation, which is supposed to be a concern of the government, so when we talk about that concern of the government, anytime you start saying that um, profitability is become it becomes a heavy factor in terms of dissemination of these vaccines. Then fundamentally, what you're saying is that it's not the health of the people that is concerned. What is what is the concern is the, the 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 financial stability or the financial benefits to corporations. So clearly, you know this increase in stock prices is indicative of the fact that it's all about it's all about the money. Uh, also, brother Africa, I think one of the things is um, you know this article also talks about the fact that the, the the Department of Health and Human Services, along with the Defense Department. Then immediately sign on to these 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 vaccines. Now that is ironic because I'm assuming that the position is that uh, based upon the White House position anyway, that these vaccines are effective. So the question is, if they are effective, why would the Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Defense re- refuses to to purchase those vaccines? Something is something does doesn't fundamentally make sense. Perhaps, maybe, Brother Africa, the mere fact that you know, the Department of Health and Human Services and the Defense Department realize that these corporations are uh, unfairly financially benefiting, and so therefore they don't want to purchase you know, their vaccines. Maybe that's their motivation in terms of not doing it, but it certainly doesn't make a sense if you tell me you know, that the virus constitutes a real threat to the, to the society. The mere fact that these major bureaucracies abstain from purchasing these vaccines Something doesn't make sense here, Brother Africa. Something, something is, is fundamentally wrong. Also, we talk about uh, Pfizer plans to team up with Moderna uh, to include components to target Omicron. Well, if Pfizer and BioNTech supposedly were contemplating on creating some vaccines for Omicron. So why can't uh, Pfizer and uh, BioNTech, why can't they create the vaccine for Omicron? Why would you include Moderna now to create vaccines or uh, to attack Omicron? Never makes any sense, Brother Africa. None of this stuff makes any sense at all. You know, so something is something. So, the, so, the, so the, the monetary aspect reigns big in terms of the motivations of both the government and and these bio uh, pharmaceutical companies in terms of the dissemination of these so-called vaccines. Uh, but here, but here's the thing in terms of Moderna. I think this is important. 
you know, vac- Moderna has a very poor reputation in terms of vaccines. As one of those companies that's being ruthlessly uh, scrutinized and and uh, somewhat and somewhat some would say demonized, you know, for his for his vaccines and their, their disastrous impact on human health. In fact, uh, Moderna vaccines are well known in terms of inflammation. You know, after taking them, people have an inflammation of hot muscles and inflammation of membranes surrounding the heart. So these are major, major uh, 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 imp- defects on on a human body. So the mere fact that uh, Moderna has a history in terms of creating vaccines that adversely impact the human body, but yet when you turn around and say they're going to team up with Pfizer to to make vaccines, that doesn't make any sense to me. That makes no. It seems to me that uh, in terms of the whole process, in terms of how contracts is to go to negotiated in Washington. Moderna, based upon its history, should have been excluded from consideration of contracts. But yet, here we are. So, seriously, Brother Africa, something is fundamentally wrong. Now, and then, let me just conclude with this, Brother Africa. One of the things is that, you know, there was a World, World, Health, Organ, uh, World Health Organization virologist who studied viruses, Marion Cobbins, uh, explained that the, um, the and this is according to official agenda of the World Health Organization, that if World Health Organization has a plan for 10 years, between the years of 2020 to 2030, to, to ensure the, to ensure, uh, the continuation of pandemics in, 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 in throughout the world. That is a mouthful. Now, this person is a, this Marian person is a virologist working with the World Health Organization. Now, the mere fact that this person, you know, discloses that information, I, I, I don't know, uh, you know, what that means in terms of their longevity on this planet. But to disclose that, they have inside information and say that there's a, 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 a planned document which discloses that they plan to foment viruses between 2020 to 2030 uh, uh, is, a very, is a very powerful thing to say. And so how that would impact the bureaucracy, how that would impact in terms of the system in terms of the ability to carry out its mandate, if in fact it's true that they're going to carry out viruses for over 10 years, how does that affect their ability to actually do so? And what does that mean in terms of the life of the individual who leaked this information, which is supposed to be classified information? None of this stuff makes any sense at all. But one thing is clear to Brother Africa. You know, the doctors of information out of Germany and the doctors for truth out of Spain, these are, these are medical doctors in addition to attorneys, teachers, and scientists, all agree that fundamentally this whole COVID-19 is a scam. It's a scheme. And, is, and, and they're calling for the world governments to put an end to what they call this crime against humanity. So clearly there was something fundamentally askew in terms of, you know, willingness to pay $3.2 billion for these vaccines when information out there suggests that not only is, is, is that's a huge amount of money in terms of, you know, in terms of supposedly uh, providing vaccines for the people, but more importantly that these cold-cold viruses that we see as a fundamental threat uh, has more to do in terms of political consideration by people in positions of power for the sole purpose of depopulation uh, or fomenting a division in society from to maximize control by elites or whatever. The mere fact that this stuff exists speaks volumes in terms of, you know, uh, large expenditures on these vaccines is questionable. So clearly, Brother Africa, there's something fundamentally wrong in terms of what's going on, and I think you're absolutely correct. I think the monetary aspect is, is a big part of it, and uh, I'll close with that. Brother Anthony, is this another case of while a few is getting paid, the masses are getting played? Your response to this article, Brother Anthony? Uh, I think that is correct, Brother Africa. 
I think uh, I, I, I think the few are making billions off of uh, off uh, the masses of the people suffering, and also and their lack of knowledge. And uh, and I think uh, the points that Haki made in terms of uh, gaps and in information, I think is correct. And uh, and I think it's a and it's a case. And when it comes to healthcare, uh, what an individual doesn't know can kill them. And uh, that's been through. Uh, that's been true throughout the history of healthcare. Whether you're talking about uh, diseases such as uh, smallpox uh, and various other diseases. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, the key is lack of information. And, uh, and, uh, these pharmaceutical monopolies take advantage of that to impose what they will upon people in the way of, uh, uh, you know, of a solution. And uh, it's, uh, it's a very difficult situation to deal with. And, um, and uh, education is key. And, uh, you know, and only uh, people organized can demand more information than what's currently available. Sister Eleanor? You can lead the horse to the river, but you can't make them drink the water. When you read this article, Sister Eleanor, one of the things is clear, and that is something's not right with this story. It is another occasion of the creation of, of the narrative of the war against terrorism, an unendless war, while a billion dollars can continue to be made by a certain industry. Sister Eleanor, for those who are listening, please take some time to check out this article, Pfizer and the BioNTech, to get $3.2 billion from the U.S. in COVID vaccine deal. It was written by Riley Griffin um, from Bloomberg. Suzanne Noah, talk to us. You'll take from this article. Well, it's clear, uh, Brother Africa, that... Uh, Something is awry. Now, the World Health Organization, uh, President Biden, uh, and uh, we know of eight African nations have urged Moderna to release their proprietary information um, to allow others, pharmaceutical countries around the uh, companies around the world to produce these vaccines. The president of South Africa has spoken uh, for uh, himself, for South Africa, uh, for Senegal, Nigeria, Egypt, uh, Kenya, Morocco, and other nations about the production of the Moderna uh, vaccine. And they have refused to release this proprietary information. And so we see instead of Moderna being named in this contract, the BioNTech 
uh, partner, they're not mentioned directly. And we see in addition to the $3.2 billion, uh, there's an additional $275 million uh, for 150 doses of the Eli Lilly company's vaccine. And and then, uh, as Brother Haiki said, the Department of Health and Human Services and the Defense Department also have the option of... Uh, purchasing 195 additional doses of the, quote, Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. So who is BioNTech? And uh, and they work with both Pfizer and Moderna. What exactly is happening? It's not clear, and it continues to be a mystery. And... Uh, uh, the only thing out of this article that's even reasonably positive is that they are, for the first time, making single-dose vials, and that means there won't be as many as much waste as you we've heard over the months. There have been millions of doses waste in the U.S. because it's a political issue whether to wear masks, whether to wash your hands, whether to maintain six feet distancing, whether or not to to be vaccinated. And at the same time, we have a seriously flawed medical system. And as Brother Haiki reported, Moderna has uh, problems with vaccines, and, and the nation has had a problem in recent years with vaccination because of the side effects uh, that so many people have suffered, including children who are the most uh, frequently vaccinated in this country. So there's something awry here. And the new U.S. vaccine contract with Pfizer and Biotech, uh, 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 according to the the the, the articles of uh, its development, will pave the way for easier delivery of shots to quote hard to reach areas and and quote less less waste. Uh, but who are these shots going to be? Uh, delivered to apparently there is uh, uh, and and knowingly there is a lack of equity uh, in terms of op- vaccination options. When you hear of African nations asking, just release your proprietary information, uh, Moderna, and we'll take it from there. Release your proprietary information, Pfizer. We'll take it from there. And when the U.S. pays for the Moderna development, the vaccine they developed, and yet the U.S., the people have no access to truthful, factual information, no transparency from any of these pharmaceuticals, and no voice and who the vaccine will be distributed to. These are all problematic. 
But Brother Moses, they say that um, figures don't lie, but lies do figure. Is this something that's going on? You have a group of criminals figuring ways out on how to rip off humanity and enrich themselves. Talk to me, Brother Moses. What is your take on this article? I'm sure these profit-driven industries are definitely trying to make as much money as possible. No question in my mind about that. Uh, the, the virus itself uh, is a problem. Uh, uh, there's been a, at least a million people that have died from this COVID, COVID thing, uh, and uh, it's a real, real issue. And it's not just a hoax. Uh, now, in terms of the treatment and, and uh, effectiveness of the of the treatments, et cetera, uh, definitely because they're profit-driven, they're not sharing the information and all that's true. Uh, we have to, to uh, uh, know that this problem needs to be dealt with uh, uh, like Cuba is dealing with it and, and China and the rest of the world is dealing with it. Uh, it's just that we have a profit-driven system, and so we're subject to get ripped off. Uh, uh, that's no question in my mind about that. It's a possibility. Uh, we have to to oversee the technology uh, of the of the Pfizer and Moderna um, uh, shots. It's different from. Uh, the old system, the old system of, of, of producing uh, the anti the virus, the antivirus uh, formula. Uh, I'm not I'm not a, a doctor, and I uh, I remember reading uh, the information, but I can't uh, memorize. I don't have it memorized, and so I don't want to give out inaccurate information. But there is a uh uh uh. uh on uh, uh, the more recent people who come onto the scene in the U.S. are using the old system of technology of, for producing the the, the virus uh, uh, inoculation, uh, and I think people would probably be trusted more if they went back to the old system. Uh, uh, but the profit-driven, the fact that we're profit-driven, and no matter how you cut the mustard, we're subject to being gouged. Uh, that's just the way, nature of capitalism. And until we change, it's going to be that way. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. At this point in time, you listen to Africa on the Move, as we often say. We may not give you what you want, but we try to do the best to give you what you need. Check out these articles and more as we need to understand why we say the struggles continue. So at this point in time, we're going to take a rubbish share closure break, and when we come back, we're going to close out this program. Happy birthday, happy birthday, and the struggles continue with our family thoughts. This is Brother Africa, and you are listening to Africa on the Moon.
living in pain Today is the same And nothing ever changes Hung by a noose Can't tell the truth Filled with abuse And everywhere there's danger How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know I must be strong to last through my journey. Yeah, to last through my journey. When we must decide to get off the ride And stop going through these changes We must prepare and learn how to care For soon we'll be there While our lives won't be in danger And when the light is clear Oh, how beautiful I will be That I've been here and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 made it through my journey, made it through my journey, Pellerino. A bloodline across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino! You can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights, pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, and all the Pellerinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people. 
the love of my people shining like the sun everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. When the light is clear, oh, how beautiful I will be to know that I've been My journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 yeah.
when you die of drug overdoses to address the Oxycontin crises in this country. And Pfizer, a family, is producing produced that drug. Now we're buying vaccines from them, so we're paying them back. We take money from a few dollars from them and give them billions more. And, of course, Brother Africa, NATO continues to be a problem for the world. And we saw that all of but one person voted to allow uh, for Finland and Sweden to join NATO. The expansion of NATO is a threat against peace on planet Earth and a threat against Africa and African people. In addition, we continue to see a lack of transparency in the U.S. proxy war against Russia. And we saw the bombing this week of the Dumbas region and the Russian uh, deal and um, uh, munitions storage facility. So... Um, We must continue to fight imperialism. As Brother Moses said, this is a profit-driven situation with U.S. pharmaceuticals. We'd rather drop and lose billions of doses rather if Moderna could not be paid or Pfizer could not be paid and let millions die. One million died in this country, over 600,000 in Brazil, and the numbers globally are just growing. And uh, it's up to us to fight imperialism and for us to become organized in a more unified way and for people like uh, Zuckerberg and Facebook to take responsibility for allowing these racist extremists to attack African people and supporting this white supremacist platform. So thank you for another wonderful show. Um, Greetings to Brother Haki. Uh, He's a great person, well-researched, a revolutionary, and all of your panelists or your analysts are great revolutionaries and engaged in the struggle. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a participant in this evening's forum. And Viva la Cuba. I hope I'm saying it right, but the Cuban revolution lives on. And one of the analysts made a good point of how Cuba is handling its vaccine and the distribution and sharing. And thank you, Brother Anthony, for letting us know about the lightning strike on the Cuban oil fields. We in the United States get very limited news, and it is not intended to inform but intended to misinform, so much of it is disinformation, intended to direct behavior. And we saw that last week with the response that Donald Trump got from these uh, misguided Americans. 
we remain a divided country. But we must remember that we, if you receive a salary, that you are a working class person. And the poor, the middle class, and all working class people need to unite to have a revolution in this country. Thank you and good evening. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. And now we'll move to Brother Moses. And Brother Moses, you'll find your thoughts for tonight. Yeah, well, I bear witness that just one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that mouth faith tongue is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. We need a government that is secular, that uh, looks out for the interests of the people, and uh, this, this, all these Pfizer and Moderna and all this reflect the fact that we're we're not there, and uh, we need to continue to organize to put out information uh, and and uh, point out the truth about Cuba and China and and the socialist bloc countries are and uh we need to to continue to uh organize 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 thank you thank you brother moses for your contribution today's program as well and to brother anthony one of the things history has taught us about uh the institution of uh american government is that it's a criminal enterprise you'll find the thoughts brother anthony for today's program. Yes. Uh, first of all, I want to extend uh, happy birthday uh, uh, wishes to Brother Haki. May he have many more. And also, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I think we should honor uh, honor uh, Fidel, Brother Fidel, for his uh, contributions to. Uh, the struggle for socialism worldwide and the Cuban revolution in particular. Uh, The U.S. government is a corrupt enterprise and uh, has been throughout its history. And, um, you know, well, we have to organize more effectively than ever in order to defeat all manifestations of world imperialism, including racism, capitalism, Zionism. And, uh, you know, uh, it's going to take organization and a lot of work on our our part. And um, uh, let's see, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what the GC delegation uh, to Colombia was able to learn about how the Africans and indigenous people there organized in order to uh, uh, put in uh, at least a progressive government uh, that is not capitalist in nature because uh, for a long time Colombia was in the back pocket of the U.S. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, what uh, 
what we're able to learn about how the people organized to defeat uh, capitalism in Colombia is would be very, you know, uh, instrumental in our struggle. Thank you, Brother Anthony, for your contribution to today's program. And, of course, in upcoming weeks, we will have a special program on our recent trip to Colombia that we will be sharing with the public. So it's coming. Just stay tuned. And Brother Haki, again, happy birthday to you in memory of Brother Fidel. The struggle continues. So your final thoughts on your birthday today. Well, Brother Africa, you know, there's there's something seriously wrong in terms of society. You know, previously, uh, Monmouth University did a poll, uh, and they asked the question, uh, does does Trump pose any responsibility for the January 6th riots? Initially, the report indicated 42% of his supporters, uh, very uh, conservative, uh, religious conservatives, uh, felt that he did. Well, a subsequent report was poll was done, and only 38% of Trump supporters felt he was responsible for the January 6th riots. Now, superposed upon that is that 23% of those polled say they could care less, you know, about any information pertaining to what happened on January 6th. And these are religious conservatives. Now, conversely, uh, there was a recently uh, there was a uh, a, a, a Congressional action. Uh, a representative uh, out of Texas, Democratic, uh, a Democrat out of Texas, uh, Henry Cuellar, uh, he, he co-sponsored a bill called the Worker Flexibility and Choice Act. Now, what this act does, uh, this bill mm-hmm. does, it says that workers are treated as independent contractors responsible for their own federal taxes, despite the low, the, the poverty wages they receive. There is no minimum wage, so the employee can pay them anything they want. Uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. And there are no overtime protections. So if you do overtime, there's no guarantee you can you get paid because the law forbids, you know, that kind of protection. Now, clearly, when you stop and think about, uh, you know, um, this particular bill, and you talk about the fact that people, you know, uh, you know, are independent contractors that pay their own taxes. The problem is that if you pay back people taxes below the minimum wage, but they're still responsible for those taxes. It means that inevitably those people got to pay a, a higher amount of those small, those, those, pit, those, those pitiful wages that they receive, got to pay a higher proportion of that tax toward, uh, toward their, their federal taxes. Uh, so clearly this is a great, this, is, this, this bill is, is the epitome of insensitivity. Now, understand his co-sponsors, Elise Stefanik, out of, a Republican out of New York, and Michelle Steele, a Republican out of California, I understand why they would endorse, you know, such a, such a bill, uh, you know, but but the mere fact that uh, this Democrat um, uh, supported this bill uh, is, is 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 raises serious concerns. But one of the reasons why, you know, one of the 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 the, 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 the corresponding realities in terms of why, uh, you know, uh, both uh, Trump supporters, Trump religious supporters, and Henry Kayar, the Democrat, supported uh, measures that are Suspect is the fact that you know uh, when we talk about um, um, religious conservatives, there seems to be a lacking in terms of compassion, and this is very very ironic because one of the things that when you associate religion, normally you associate it with compassion. Well, in the context of, of of Trump religious conservatives, voters, 
the implications in terms of what what he put into motion is very very detrimental not only to society but potentially uh, a threat to to human life. The mere fact that they're indifference to that to that potential destructive human life gives one room for pause. Also, uh, Henry Cuellar, uh, the Democrat out of Texas, happens to be a religious conservative. So this lack of compassion is something that we back be concerned about. Now, we superimpose this lack of compassion, uh, you know, by religious conservatives with the overall lack of compassion in terms of the system. Okay, fundamentally, I think we got a problem. I think it's, it's, it's a problem that we got at some point we got to begin to realize is that the ramifications of lack of compassion in societies can only have daily repercussions for the masses of people inside the society. And at some point, we also have to realize, you know, that this is not going anywhere. This is growing leaps and bounds. And often the media plays a very uh, a very uh, strategic game in terms of legitimizing, you know, uh, these, this, this, this lack of compassion under the guise that they're disseminating news. And this con- in that context, what it does is create the, it, it sort of create a hardening of those positions that are lack that lack compassion, which means that people's willingness or uh, to carry out atrocities in the name of correcting that which is wrong actually increases. So we got a problem in terms of lack of compassion in society, and it seems to me that we have to, we don't have a choice. We really have to have organizations, institutions, you know, to prepare us for for, for the inevitable. Uh, that's not fear mongering. That's just the bottom line in terms of how the society is shaped. Uh, one of the things when we talk about the war expenditures in terms of, you know, in, in the Ukraine, we got to understand that one of the things that the media doesn't talk about is largely the sanctions have been ineffective. And historically, sanctions against powerful uh, countries with, with large economic economies uh, don't succumb to U.S. sanctions. Only smaller, weaker countries, less more poverty-stricken countries are susceptible to U.S. sanctions. A country like Russia and China, Iran, is not subject those those kind of sanctions have no real impact in terms of being influenced the behavior of those particular countries, which means that as a result of not having some 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 impact in terms of the sanction, it means that the the the, the, the unraveling of the deconstruction of the economy or the deterioration of the economy actually increases. It doesn't it, it increases. So as it increases then the incidence of poverty, the incidence of homelessness, the incidence of lack of jobs, or meaningful jobs and decent wages, uh, the cost of food, all those things become problematic. And so this is where we get to fundamentally understand in terms of what's going on in society. And so when we talk about this lack of compassion in the society, then we got to understand that, you know, it's, it's here to stay. And because we're here to stay, we have to have institutions, organizations to prepare for the edible. If we don't do that, then the onus is simply on us in terms of any type of repercussions that occur down the road. So clearly we got our work cut out for us, and as always, Brother Africa, I encourage people to unravel the matrix because that is key in terms of understanding the changes, the very swift changes that are taking, taking place in society, and and also to the, to the extent those changes are, are pernicious changes. Uh, we have to recognize that in terms of, you know, uh, conceivably, you know, forming any type of possible way in terms of rebuffing uh, those, those those very very negative uh, uh, situations as they confront us. And having said that, Brother Africa, of course, you have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week. Brother Africa? Yeah. 
I thank you, Brother Haki, for your contribution to today's program. And what we're going to do right now, we're going to remind everyone that Africa on the Moon is a community project under the banner of the African Awareness Association. And you can hear us every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. In the comments and views of this program, or if you'd like to have copies of this very program, please email us at AfricaOnTheMoon2 at gmail.com. Until next time, we're going to play you Lessons from the 60s as reflects and appreciate the birthday of Brother Hackey and Delia, by our Brother Kwame Ture. We'll see you next week. Let's listen and learn. They were great educators, and they gave us information of importance, and we can go out with the same spirit in their honor, our Brother Hackey and Brother Fidel. The second lesson we wish to speak of is the role of students. Students, of course, have a role in any society, capitalist society, social society, and their role is to institutionalize the values of the given society. Conscious, of course, in a capitalist system, this should be done unconsciously. But students are the spark of revolution. Of course, we make a difference here between revolution and reform. Those who want reform seek to work, I guess, from the top down. Those of us who understand fundamental changes know it must come from the bottom up. The students, of course, always work at the point of ideas in a society. Their job is to acquire knowledge, and of course, this knowledge which they acquired is geared by an ideology which tells them what to do with it. So if you're a doctor, instead of curing cancer, you should turn a man to a woman to get money even though she can't make babies. That was life. Students, we say, at the point of ideas and the point of values. When one speaks of revolution, one speaks of overturning the values of a given society. If one is not speaking of overturning the values, then one speaks of reform. Thus, one can join the Democratic Party. We're not here to overturn its value. But certainly if one is here for revolution and one is here for people's liberation, one would know that a corrupt instrument can never lead a people to liberation at all. Students then, we say, come to question the values of a society. Of course, in relationship to the values, students, just like anyone in any society, have but two alternatives. Either they accept the values or they reject the values. It's as simple as that. Of course, if they reject the values, they have a responsibility to find alternative values. But either you accept cheating as a student or you reject it. It's as simple as that. Either you accept any value in the society or you reject it. Students, once having rejected a society, Bringing together their ideas and their energies and strength to work against these values connected with the masses always give us revolution. Thus from the 60s, while a reform movement, we were able to see that students, joined with the masses of the people, came to bring a lot of changes to the country. Thus we must not confuse ourselves, the job of students to clear here, their job is to spark revolution. Students cannot carry revolution through to the end. The final triumph of revolution must be carried through to the end by the masses, the workers, and the peasants. But students play a crucial role. We say they spark revolution. Certainly, if we did not recognize this, the enemy did. The FBI, before the 60s, did not have informers on college campus. After the 60s, they put an informer on every college campus in the country. 
Their job was simple, stop any activity at all that runs against the status quo. We say it's a mobilized people who can allow this, because when you're mobilized and fight like an animal, after you get tired and you wind down, then the enemy comes back stronger than he did before. Students spark revolution, and we must work everywhere to have students live up to their responsibility of sparking revolution. Here, of course, it calls for the students properly understanding the role of knowledge. Knowledge has but one purpose. Its purpose is to alleviate the sufferings of humanity. Knowledge has but one purpose. Its purpose is to alleviate the sufferings of humanity. Capitalism is a backward and stupid system. Capitalism is a contemptuous system. Capitalism is a system made on profit. It will make a commodity out of everything. It will take my mother and sell her on a slave block. It will make students acquire knowledge and make them sell their knowledge on the slave block to advance themselves rather than serving humanity. The struggle becomes especially crucial for African students. We say no individual African in this country makes any advance unless it is a result as mass struggle. Any student sitting in any seat in any college in America know that they didn't gain that seat through their own individual talents, but only through the struggles of the masters of their people. Because that seat belongs to the people. The knowledge they acquire there must be used for the people, otherwise they have already betrayed the people and have repeated errors. You have been listening to Africa on the Move. We'd like to remind those who was planning on taking a freedom ride trip to Cuba in July. That trip had been rescheduled for January 23rd or 31st. So for more information, please contact the African Awareness Association by emailing them at AfricanAwarenessAssociation2 at gmail.com. And closing out, we'd like to remind you that as long as you are African, no matter where you were born at, you must understand that your identity do not change. So we'll leave you with this thought through this music.
mexicano y español, pero lo de nosotros sale del corazón, con sentimiento, con talento, violento, ojo, no con armas, sino con conocimiento, el intelecto emana de los foros, te metes en internet y lo ves en los foros, es sabiduría, aunque muchos locos piensen que son habladurías, pero que primero fondo la ciencia mía, para que después hablen como comadre, chismosa, yo te escribo en verso y en prosa, no soy el en el país de las maravillas, estamos claros, te portas mal, te atribillas, te hacen papillas, es que eso es obvio, o eres ángel o eres demonio, ni ni no, o eres ángel o eres demonio, quiero ver a toda la gente con las manos arriba, ¿dónde están los latinos con las manos arriba? Que vive el hip hop con las manos arriba, ¿Qué? con las manos arriba, que viva la cultura con las manos arriba, el deporte con las manos arriba, Venezuela con las manos arriba, ¿Qué? If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, you can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. They live in other countries, their freedom almost gone. Palestine, Palestine. needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine. Needs, our needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine, Palestine. needs her freedom. Needs Palestine, Palestine needs our love. There seems to be no answer to give us the reason why people cannot live so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth. Take a stand for justice, that's what we've got to do. Cause Palestine, Palestine needs, her freedom. needs her freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs, 
needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. People of all countries, of every race and creed, we need a new beginning. Let us plant the seed. Plant the seed of love and let that love seed grow. Plant the seed for everyone so all the world will know that Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom, needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. See, war is not the end. For only love can conquer hate You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and kids here today Pick it light and pick it fast Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Don't punish me 
Never had 